Hello, ladies and germs. It's Rob. I'm back after a little bit of a inconsistent posting schedule recently. Uh, COVID-19, I guess I can blame it on that. Maybe it's just stress. Anyhow, one of the benefits of COVID-19 is the scheduling aspect of things. People are more available. And I got some time with a very special guy. Uh, he is the executive vice president of Medtronic Diabetes. His name's Sean Salmon. And many of you know that I'm a Medtronic Diabetes ambassador, a Miniman ambassador. So I occasionally get some access uh, behind the scenes at Medtronic to interview some of the business leaders behind the scenes at diabetes. So while Sean doesn't live with diabetes himself, I think you'll be extremely, extremely surprised at how insightful he is about a patient's life with diabetes behind the scenes. All right, with that, I'm going to turn it over to me for this interview with Sean Salmon. Uh, welcome to Diabetics Doing Things. This is uh, my podcast, and uh, I've been working closely with Medtronic over the past uh, few years to collaborate on some really cool interviews, and I'm super excited to uh, introduce you, Sean Salmon, as the guest today. Uh, we're telling the stories of amazing people living with diabetes from all across the world, uh, and that includes leaders in diabetes. So um, why don't you introduce yourself to the Diabetics Doing Things community and what you do at Medtronic Diabetes? Great, Robin, thanks so much for the opportunity. Uh, my name is Sean Salmon. I'm a recently appointed um, president of the diabetes group at Medtronic. So I think I've been in the role now for just about six months. But uh, I, had, I had spent about 16 years with Medtronic, which is a little bit more than half of my career. So long time uh, Medtronic employee and uh, first time caller. <laughs> first time caller, yeah. <laughs> and I think we will have a little bit of a talk radio uh, rhythm to this interview. So kind of before we get into the, the meat and the bones of this, this interview, obviously 16 years of Medtronic, you've seen a lot of things and uh, really looking forward to your perspective on how, you know, all that experience with Ed Medtronic is transitioning to you now leading the diabetes side. Uh, but I'd like to get to know you a little bit personally. You mentioned uh, it's about half your career uh, has been spent at Medtronic. I'd love to know kind of what led you into this uh, line of work and a little bit about yourself and your family as well. Yeah, sure. So I, I guess if I go all the way back, I was, um, when I was an undergraduate, I was a pre-med major. I'm still a pre-med major. Um, but I had had this desire to go into healthcare. Um, after getting injured, I was, uh, I was a scholar athlete and I, I got a bad ankle injury playing basketball and um, wound up getting surgery and couldn't compete any longer after that. So it kind of led me to an interest in healthcare. And um, as I said, I started out on the, with the intent of going to medical school and somewhere along the way, I kind of got derailed. I was doing some translational research, that's preclinical research that um, gets moved into a human experiment in a hospital in Boston where I where I'd worked. And um, I guess there's when I had my cathartic awakening that uh, healthcare wasn't really at least in academic medicine in Boston, wasn't what I thought it was. So I wound up um, actually joining a company, one of the first companies to pioneer a minimally invasive procedure to treat heart disease. And uh, it's sort of just a series of accidents. I got, I got into that side of uh, cardiology and saw just a ton of innovation over the last 30 years that it's really been pretty remarkable. And I've, I've done the vast majority of my career in the Kind of switch between medical devices, did some time in pharmaceuticals, and um, back to medical devices with Medtronic. I, I came here to turn around one of the businesses 
in the in the cardiology space and have spent the last uh, 16 years building that business out. It's just been a remarkable journey and uh, been a, a lot of really interesting things beyond just the coronary arteries. We've moved to heart valve disease and uh, treatment for for high blood pressure as well. Very novel device based treatment for that, which is just uh, getting its evidence together now. But it's been uh, it's been a really amazing journey. And thank you for sharing, Sean. I think for most of our listeners have an idea of what Medtronic does in the diabetes space, but maybe you could take a minute and talk about some of the other devices that Medtronic produces and is the market leader in. I know you mentioned cardiology, where you the sure. business unit yeah. that you came from, but uh, maybe just give us a, a little peek behind the curtain of you know everything that Medtronic has its hands in. Well, it's not. Well, we've got that much time, but uh, it's it's a big company, and it's. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, a, you know, Medtronic's foundation was, it was literally founded in a garage in North Minnesota um, by an electrical engineer in partnership with a physician. And they were working on a, on a device to restore induction or your normal heartbeat. Um, that was really the genesis of the company, so something called a pacemaker. And we've got uh, now, in addition to that pacemaker part of cardiology, it's moved into all kinds of different appliances for vascular disease or that happens in your legs or it happens in your heart, um, heart valve disease, like I described before, uh, a myriad of uh, electrical conduction problems that require um, treatment with device-based therapies. That's just all sort of in the cardiology realm. And we use some of the similar devices, those neurostimulators for pain management. We use them for movement disorders. Uh, we use them for uh, something called deep brain stimulation, which can help with like uh, Parkinson's disease and just a huge array of sort of neurological and pain conditions that we treat. Uh, we also have probably the largest um, endosurgery business or general surgery business in the world. So these are minimally invasive and maximally invasive ways of conducting surgery in the, in the chest and the abdomen. There's a whole myriad of, of uh, diseases. With the spinal division, we have a neurovascular division for, for strokes, um, uh, ear, nose, and throat. And probably the one that's uh, most top of mind right now is a critical care business that serves the, um, the current COVID crisis. We, we make ventilators and um, pulse oximetry machines, a lot of the critical care machines that are used for the sickest of patients that are in surgical or intensive care units in hospitals. So yeah, big company, uh, I'm sure I left a bunch out. Sorry for interrupting. I know that uh, I, I've seen some chatter and people who are uh, you know, Twitter users and kind of involved in the, the Twitter sphere may have seen uh, some information regarding the ventilators from Medtronic and, uh, and SpaceX and Elon Musk talking about um, you know, providing some ventilators to hospitals that were in need throughout the country, uh, which was pretty cool to see Medtronic's name on that. Yeah, that's been an interesting collaboration. It turns out that there's a critical component for those ventilators that uh, it's, it's the hardest thing for us to source and it's uh, it's really kind of been the gating item that's kept a lot of the ventilator production from being available to us. And it turns out that SpaceX, part of Tesla, makes a nearly identical part, and they vertically integrate. They make it themselves. So it's been a great partnership to kind of unclog the supply chain and make sure that we can supply the world. Definitely. And obviously, the quarantine, COVID-19, coronavirus are top of mind for Medtronic patients all over the world. Taking the scope of that down a little bit, how are you and your family doing? And how are you guys keeping busy 
you know, during this time uh, at home? Uh, you know, I, I've done a little bit of research on you, so I know your dog is named Zamboni. So there's going to be some sort of hockey, uh, some sort of hockey uh, component there. Yeah. So look, we've been trying to find uh, creative ways to keep the kids occupied and busy. It's been it's really fun, honestly, to be together as a family. I don't think we spent as much time together, like, probably ever. So I, you know, I for the last six months coming this role, I've been on a lot of airplanes, and um, it's just been great to to have a family together. We're finding a new appreciation for for teachers now. It's, uh, my wife and I are getting some experience with some homeschooling, which has been been fun and interesting. Uh, but you know, we've been we've been playing games. We've been doing a huge project list of things I've been trying to get done around the house for years, um, and uh, you know, cooking a lot, which has been fun. I'm teaching the kids how to cook. Um, they're not helping that much, but uh, it's kind of fun to, to engage them in that. And of course, Zamboni, who you mentioned, is getting a lot of walks, probably more than he's ever had in his life. He's he's also thrilled to be here. He's he's happy that everybody's here to pay attention to him. Um, I, I don't have a hockey story for Zamboni. He's actually, um, we, we had this, I could tell you the story if you want. It'll take a while. Um, well, I mean, let's, let's do the cliff notes. Why not? Okay. So the quick story is I lost a bet to my son and the, a bet I never thought I was going to lose, my oldest son. And the bet was that if he won, he would get a family dog. And we'd put our dog down a couple of years prior to that. And the, my wife had just swore we couldn't go through that pain and agony again. Never, never again would we get a dog. Well, I lost the bet and didn't want to renege on it. So we wound up taking the kids down to a, um, a farm here in Sonoma County where I live. And um, this is a, an interesting place because they bring in dogs from kill shelters. There's a program called Paws for Pilots, or Pilots for Paws, I think mean, that wrong. Um, and they, they rescue dogs from kill shelters and bring them to this farm. And we went there and there's just this puppy field and among the 20 or so dogs there that is one dog um, just really stood out, just great sweet temperament. And his, his shelter name was Zamboni. Um, nobody knew why, I think that they just randomly named dogs, but it seemed to fit him. He kind of looks like one, he licks a lot, so. Probably, probably a good fitting name for him, but nothing to do with hockey. Great. Well, uh, I think, you know, part of, uh, I don't have to do a extensive customer research study to know that my, uh, guests love pet stories and dog stories specifically. So, uh, <laughs> thanks for, uh, for giving us a little bit of insight as to, uh, what, what things are like in the Salmon household. So shifting gears a little bit. I want to talk about your career. You're at Medtronic for 15 years. The opportunity to come over to the diabetes side presents itself. Uh, what drew you into that opportunity? And you know, what do you see that's intriguing about diabetes in 2020 and beyond? What challenges are there that you and your team are focused on? You know, it's, it's interesting. I'd, I'd spent a lot of time, um, you know, in healthcare. And diabetes has always been sort of a comorbid condition of heart disease that I've dealt with. I worked on a couple of drugs in the field too, more on the type two side of things. And uh, you know, I, I told you the story in another conversation we had. But you know, the very first time I managed an employee was when I was working at Johnson and Johnson, and she was a type one diabetic, probably on the like the very first Minimed pump that ever came out. It was a while ago, and um, you know, just seeing how she struggled through her condition and you, you know deal with it, and just the the extra effort that she had to put in and she is, she was a very inspiring person, who, you know, took care of her own diabetes and 
really had a great career. It was just really productive, really inspiring. Kind of like, I guess, like the people you feature in your podcast, just somebody doing some really amazing things. And so she inspired me. And then it always had been something that had been on my mind. And I guess fast forward a few years later, my wife had developed gestational diabetes when uh, twins were, when she was pregnant with the twins. And so we had to stick her fingers and counter carbs. And uh, we did wind up in the ER one day for, what we thought was a DKA, but it wasn't. She actually had some some other condition going on. But um, those were sort of things that are there along the way. Um, had friends with with diabetes type one and type two. And I, I think the most motivating thing for me was about the time that they started talking to me about the job, maybe six months before that. Um, a, a good colleague and friend of mine at Medtronic, uh, his daughter, who's the same age as my my twins, um, was diagnosed and. Now, here's somebody that he and his wife are just such impressive people. And he climbs mountains for fun. They travel, they backpacked all through Asia. They've been through just all kinds of trials and tribulations in their life. And their daughter's diagnosis was just so, it just floored them so much. And just to see the way they struggled. And these are two highly accomplished, bright people who, you know, I just can't imagine what it must be like for people with less capability, less means have to deal with this struggle. And, you know, that, that really motivated me because, you know, there's no secret that Medtronic is really not performing at the level that they should be uh, for patients. We're not coming up with the kind of technologies and innovation cadence that we should be. And uh, one of the things that, you know, really motivated me to take the job was, you know, he, he told me, I just, I need you to go help do this. Can you go help do this? And, um, you know, it's, it was, just something that I really wanted to go do. There's a lot of things I can do at Medtronic. There's a lot of opportunities, but it's a place I think I can really help make a difference and it's such an important place to help. And uh, I think we've got all the capabilities, which is the good news. Um, I think it's just a difference in the way we are approaching things. Being a little more mindful about you know, what we're trying to do is fit into making the life of somebody living with the disease or somebody who loves somebody who lives with the disease is that much easier. And, um, you know, he, he gave me after I did accept the, the job and gave me a little going away party for my last job, he gave me this clock that I keep on my desk and it's, it's a countdown clock. And that clock is, um, down the days before his daughter goes off college. And, um, you know, it's just a reminder of how important this is to get it right. As a, as a parent myself, you know, that, that I got 17 years old, he's going off to college next year. And I'm just terrified to let him go off into the world. And I can't imagine that in a world where you know, you've got a child suffering with type one diabetes and, you know, his, his challenge and his uh, motivation to me has really been fueling me to say, look, we, we can make this, we can try to take the burden of this disease down. We can try to make the reliability of, of managing this disease better. And uh, just allow people to forget a little bit about what just consumes them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's that's sort of the story of how I got engaged in this. Wow, we, that story is is powerful, uh, and I, I suppose for you as well, very poignant having getting to see that clock, uh, you know, ticking down uh, every day as you as you kind of you know, sit at your desk going about your business, and it's it's there as a reminder. I want to focus on something that you said that, that really stuck out to me. Um, you know, I do interviews with with business leaders quite often, and I think it's pretty rare 
that somebody comes on the show and says that as a whole sort of blanket statement, we're not doing the best job that we could be doing. Um, like you just said in that previous answer, uh, you know, what comes to mind when you think of the things that you and your team are now focused on doing better for patients? Obviously, you know, you, you mentioned being more mindful of, of the entire life and of all the things that people with diabetes are going through and are striving for, but, uh, you know, knowing that you want to do a better job than what's currently being done or what's been done historically, what, what specifically comes to mind for you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. This, this uh, part of Medtronic has been really purpose-driven all along and the, the passion in the people that work in the diabetes, diabetes business is really something special, even within Medtronic, a company that's known for its just caring approach to driving innovation. And I think that there's been this really well-intentioned effort to come up with what's been termed this artificial pancreas all the way back to Al Mann Minimed days. It's been this driving purpose. And I think that uh, along the way, there's, you know, things like the 670G have come along as the first, um, you know, automated insulin delivery device that are really fantastic in terms of the kind of outcomes that could be produced for time and range being, you know, that, Great place, but there's a tax to that. One that's a little bounded by some of the safety conditions around the device and some of just the abundance of caution, I suppose, for you know, turning over a control to a machine the first time that was done. But what it's sort of the net effect that it's been, the, the way people feel about being interrupted to take a calibration and alerts, alarms are just burdensome. And you know, the idea of a, of a pancreas is you don't have to think about it, it just sort of does its job. And we've added burden to, to the disease. Um, we've also fallen behind on some important things that we invented, like a continuous glucose monitoring. You know, we've, we invented that field a long time ago, along with insulin pumps, and didn't really prioritize, again, that user experience. How easy can that be? Well, that's as simple as how difficult is it to tape on or the requirement for calibration or a lot of other things. So, the good news is that all the competencies are there. We can make it a lot better, a lot simpler, and there's a lot in the pipeline that's that's going after that now. But really trying to balance that, trying to get the, the right mix between providing excellent glycemic control, but really building on the freedom that we can offer, no matter how people choose to manage their disease, whether they just want insights from a CGM, whether they want full automation, there's a whole range of things. But putting on equal footing really the experience of a patient that's going to live with, with their disease and our technology. And that experience transcends just the product, right? It, it goes to everything that we do from the quality and capability of our training, the, the support that we can provide 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that should be consistent. So that entire experience of service and, and technology, as well as how we innovate toward, uh, you know, some of the things that are really exciting that we're working on the ability that you could take one of the bigger variables that are sort of left to solve is just meal handling. And there's some really exciting things that we can do with, with the data science that can very accurately predict and then confirm that you're eating. And you can, you can manage the basal and bolus completely automatically if that's what somebody wants to do, if they want to turn that control over. Um, we also are working on technologies that can give insights that just for things like if you want to exercise and you want to be able to predict how much, how much should you eat per carbs prior to that, that workout. And just based on knowing you, the artificial intelligence algorithms they're working on, you can train these algorithms so that they really can 
highly personalize that, that decision you're going to make, or if you're going to stack insulin because you've had something to eat and you want to know if it's going to take effect. Um, so all the kind of guesswork and mental calculation and things that, that can really burden a patient, we have the capabilities of fixing. And it's really exciting to be able to, to work in a place that's got all this capability. We just got to make sure that we tune in also to how, how do people want to experience that? How much, how much uh, are they willing to do to train an algorithm, if anything? And there's, there's going to be different preferences for that. So it's, it's very exciting and it's very interesting. But I think the, um, the, the good news is that nobody really ever lost their passion or their interest. I think it was sort of a, maybe a, an unintended consequence of being there first with a technology that really added burden, um, but had also a lot of benefit. I think people forget what it was like to sleep through the night that first time um, without having to worry. So, it's, you know, the 670G has been really, truly remarkable and Frank been remarkable, but we clearly can do better and, and we will. We've got a lot of great improvements to make. Um, but the technology side, as I said, is just part of it, right? The other part of it is that, that lifelong experience, that partnership that we hope to have with people is, uh, is something that we can really just uh, continuously improve. You know, you hear a lot in the community, like diabetes is different for everyone, or my diabetes isn't the same as your diabetes, you know, regardless of type, right? And, you know, people have different preferences, different behaviors, different interests, uh, different ideas of what a, you know, a life looks like. Um, I think it's a good time to kind of transition into the campaign, like live more, worry less, like uh, as you guys are continuing to innovate and focus on those core products and, uh, and, you know, really bring those up. Uh, the idea is very tangible to somebody like me, who's you know, really concerned about being able to do the things that I want to do to, you know, as a diabetic doing things, uh, now, as, as you guys are, you know, thinking about, you know, patients and, and living more, worrying less, taking away some of that mental burden, um, any, any particular wins that you think you, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, sleeping through the night. And it's funny, it's very tangible to me because uh, in between the time that we talked last time and this time, someone had messaged me uh, on Instagram just asking about saying, hey, you know, I think I'm going to switch over to 670G. What do you think? You know, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's in my consideration set. And I, a number of things that I, that I love about the system and things that I've learned about it over the years, but one that I for sure take for granted is I wake up in range every day. Uh, and nights are just very predictable for me. Uh, and I thought in that moment, it's like, that might be the most impactful thing to tell uh, this person is like, you know, simply if, if, if I had to just say one thing that I really like, it's that I don't really worry about morning blood sugars. Certainly I still have diabetes, but that little win there just creates enough space for me to go continue to do and live the life that I, that I want to live. Um, you know, when you think of things no. like that, patients, what is that, you know, what comes to mind? Well, I think you're right that everybody's experience is different. Everyone's motivations are different. And, you know, I, I think the campaign you, man, you mentioned, there's a lot of things that people worry about that go beyond their technology or even the challenges they have day to day with their disease, which just seems randomly different some days. It's, you know, it's an expensive disease to have. Um, you know, there's a lot of worry that people have now about, I think they continue to have insurance Will they have employment. Um, so there's a lot of things that people worry about. That doesn't stop us from trying to drive innovation, which can take away incrementally the things that people don't don't want to deal with. And I talked about meal handling. That you know, forgetting to, to bolus is a 
is a big stress for parents of teenagers. You know, they're constantly annoying their kids about, did you bolus, did you bolus? And being able to do that in a discreet way remotely um, from a phone or a watch is, is something we're working on and also making it happen automatically. Uh, the next iteration of our product will um, we'll do that for small meals. And then ultimately, you know, we get to the point where you can, I've talked about these algorithms and what's interesting about AI is you can train these things. The more information you give an algorithm, the more customized it gets. So I, I use the analogy with my team. It's sort of like, you know, if you want to go get fit, you can start walking. You know, that's a great way to get fit. It's good for your cardiovascular health, or you can take on a rigorous exercise program like a P90X, you know, something really challenging. Um, and you have to have those different selectable options for people. So maybe somebody wants to have the easiest possible automated system. We can offer them a really good time and range, you know, 70% at the ADA guideline level. Um, but just the convenience, not having to think about things or do much. And others are going to be like, you know, ultra milers who are trying to get every ounce of mileage out of the gallon of gas they have in their car. And they want to make sure that they're really tuning that system exactly how they are, how they want it to be. And we'll be able to offer that range capabilities, depending on how, how much interaction you want to have with the technology. It's not forever. I mean, these algorithms learn over a period of time and then it continuously upgrades and personalizes and personalizes beyond that. But, you know, life is variable too, right? You, you have to deal with, with stress and illness and other things that, that kind of come along with it that can kind of throw an algorithm off. But um, it is really incredible how the technology can be deeply personalized for those who want to deal with it. But you know, recognize that those choices that people make where you know, it's, uh, it's just not as uh, all consuming for other people that want to really tune it up and they want to do good enough and live a normal life. And I think we can offer a range of benefit, even with the same product. Awesome. It's awesome to hear that. Um, you, you mentioned uncertainty around different variables for patients, whether it's financial, physical, or health related, Right now, a big variable has thrown a wrench in everyone's engine, and I would guess is probably the number one cause of anxiety for people, whether they have diabetes or not. They're worried about COVID-19, they're worried about coronavirus. And that extends into those variables like finances and physical health. So how is Medtronic supporting the diabetes community right now, and how are you thinking about patients at this time? Yeah, we're thinking a lot about patients right now. You know, it's. Um... I guess you kind of think about what we had to go do, like everybody else in the world. We moved like our entire workforce to work from home, those who could work from home. Obviously, if you're in a distribution center or in a factory that makes these products for our suppliers, they, they have to be in the buildings that they're at. So the first thing we're trying to do is make sure the community gets their supplies. And that's no small challenge, making sure that you have a functioning um, supply chain globally that works. Um, it was, you know, when we picked people up and moved them physically to their homes to make sure that we continue to give product support, um, technical support on the phone, uh, the ability to order. Um, so all of that's been stood up in a relatively seamless way. We were able to keep, you know, wait times down. Uh, we also had fortuitously launched a, um, a web-based tool that you could, from a computer or any kind of uh, device, mobile device, order your supplies without having to call into customer service. You can check on the progress of, of those those orders. So it's been really kind of helpful for a lot of people to be able to just have the peace of mind. They can put their their um, supplies like on a standing order so they don't have to think about it anymore. Just, it's gonna show up. 
but we've also had to, you know, get creative in the way we do things like for patients, new starting therapies, or even a lot of the endocrinology offices, we've been helping them transition to this sort of mobile way of working. So we've been leveraging all the technology and Skype and all these technologies to really kind of move that to a more remote experience. And that might have some enduring benefit. I think there's some, some real convenience factor for certain patients that they just don't want to have to go into a, a healthcare facility right now. And um, to be able to get on therapy without having to do that has been something that people have really, uh, really appreciated and enjoyed. And I think on this financial strain side of things, now this is evolving. We're working with a few of the charities for some contributions um, specifically for supplies. And of course we have a patient financial service uh, number. If I, I could just plug the phone number here for anybody who may be interested in this, yeah. our financial services team is there available uh, to take questions and to help people through any kind of loss of continuity in our supply or their job. Uh, the phone number for that is 800-646-4633. That's 800-646-4633. And then you select option number four in the prompts there. So, you know, there's, there's a ton that's going on here and trying to try to help people in the community spend, um, you know, we also have, you know, Medtronic's a big company. So there's a lot we're also doing on the charitable contribution side. We have a foundation that gives a lot of money. We've, we've gifted something like $11 million out to various charities, not necessarily specific to diabetes, but around there. And we, we have a, a matching program all the time. But uh, during this period of crisis, the company has stood up a two-for-one match. So for every dollar that an employee contributes, Medtronic will put in $2 to match that. And a couple of things we're doing. I, I'm personally doing the JDR virtual ride right now and trying to fundraise a little bit there and trying to get everybody else to stay active at home and they do a little good while they're doing it. So those dollars, again, are, are company matched for uh, all those kinds of contributions. But, you know, we're doing what we can and trying to take care of each other and take care of our, our patients and, and their providers as well. There's a, there's a fair amount of pain and suffering going around out there. Um, and, uh, you know, we're trying to be here for people. Yeah, and I think that for sure that's appreciated. You know, like you said, that there, it's not always directly associated with diabetes, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of pain and suffering out in the world right now for reasons uh surrounding the the pandemic um and you know i'm glad that you guys are, are doing your part and leading the way there how's your ride training i went to my first jdrf ride <laughs> last year and that is a that is a significant event I don't, I don't even think i was prepared for it it is a uh, crazy amount of energy. training for amelia island yeah there's a uh, i will warn you there's a long bridge um that like uh, i think at, a, at sort of the end point of one of the of the of the course right before a turnaround and it's like two miles gradually up a hill the whole way. So uh, that was the feedback from the Medtronic team last year was they were uh, they weren't quite prepared for that last hit. All right, well, that sounds that sounds okay. Yeah, I've I've been riding about 20, 25 miles a day. Um, no one's clocking my mileage though, so you'll check my take my word for it. It's all been a stationary bike. We're not supposed to be on the trails out here, so I'm uh, just sitting on the stationary bike, plugging away at it. But uh, I'll be ready for Millie Island. That doesn't scare me. We've got big hills around here, so can't wait to get back out there and tackle some of those. It's cycling is kind of one of my uh, stress relieving hobbies, so it's, uh, it's really fortuitous I get to do this activity I love and do some good with it. 
Definitely. And I think I am in the same boat as you because I know I'm looking forward to the next time that we're all gathered together as a diabetes community, like all of us in the same place together. Uh, you know, a big part of my, uh, you know, work that I do with diabetics doing things is like in-person interactions with people with diabetes. And uh, I know I'm feeling that the distance from the others are as well. So looking forward to uh, seeing the next JDRF ride where we're all back out together supporting, uh, you know, a great cause, uh, you know, for, for diabetes and uh, for people with diabetes. So uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, that being part of the future. Absolutely. Can I draft on your wheel? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Maybe just a great draft. I'm a big guy, so uh, I, I eat up a lot of wind. So if you're, uh, if you want to draft on my wheel, you're <laughs> Perfect. more than welcome. Um, so, you know, as we kind of think about, you know, going forward uh, with metric diabetes, like what is you, what is one thing you'd like someone with diabetes who's listening to this to know about the direction of Medtronic diabetes under your leadership and, and what you hope to gain from the work that you guys are doing? Look, I, I think the first and most important thing that people should know is that um, Medtronic Diabetes business is filled with just some really remarkable people that truly have a passion to help. They really care. They're really engaged in trying to figure out how to, to use innovation to make life better. And, you know, that's it's remarkable, uh, just the spirit and passion that's there. And I think there's been a lot of energy, a lot of acceptance about, you know, a different focus that I talked about, just being really more holistic about how we, we can care for patients and really returning to the core business. I think we got a little bit off track and a couple of things we're experimenting with, but uh, the passion's there, the capabilities there. And I think when those things are working well, solutions are just right behind the corners there, right around the corner from that. So you know, you, I think we got a great group of people. We've got all the right capabilities. We just, uh, we have to do better and we will. Yeah, definitely. And I think as an ambassador, it's important for me to hear that, but also as a patient. As somebody who wears the therapy, is it's good to know. And I think one of the things that I've been most surprised by in my time, you know, working closer with Medtronic than a lot of patients get to get to be is how much the people behind the scenes know about uh, the individual challenges and struggles and needs and wants of people with diabetes who are on the other side, uh, you know, from... UX team to the design team to the product team to the customer service team uh, to the marketing team and, and kind of everywhere in between. People at Medtronic understand what people with diabetes want and, and are working towards finding those, good, those solutions uh, for them for better outcomes. And you know, I think it's just as a patient getting to see people whose career it is to, uh, whose job it is to make a better life for people with diabetes is particularly inspiring. So thank you. Thank you. So it uh, gets us out of bed every morning, Rob. It really is. Thanks again to Medtronic Diabetes for making this happen. And thanks to you for listening. Uh, again, some of those links that Sean mentioned in our interview, I'm going to publish in the show notes. So if you're looking for something specific, be sure to check those out. See you next time.